will be well worth your time and effort that you put into it. Uh, we had about 60 some there total at different times and uh, had some great, great lessons that uh, I think were inspiring to me, I know, and I hope uh, uplifting to our young people. And I think it was a great, great uh, weekend. So you've got a year to prepare now and uh, get ready and next year uh, if you just go over on Saturday. It'd just be well worth your time. Our theme for Country Place this year was Empty Wales. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit this evening and just give you a little bit of a idea of some of the things that we talked about in our studies together. We not only had evening lessons, but we had uh, four uh, different lessons on Saturday for all of uh, the participants that were there uh, to attend, focused on uh, the idea of empty wells. If you have your Bibles, open them to Jeremiah, second chapter. I want to read verse 13. Jeremiah 2, verse 13. Jeremiah, of course, has been called to be a prophet to his people in a very difficult time in their history. Uh, they had uh, wandered away from God. Here's what Jeremiah said about him. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, if you were to read the latest version of the NIV, it would say they have digged empty wells in their lives. What are we talking about when we talk about empty wells? Well, let's first talk about wells just for a moment. If you were to go out in the parking lot toward the uh, town side out in this direction, uh, you could see a place in the asphalt that is about that big around and it's sinking in. We've had to fill it up uh, two or three times since we've been in the building. It's the remnants of an old well. Every house, every uh, place where people lived used to have a well. Before we had city water, and uh, that was very limited for a number of years, I built a house in the city limits in 1961, and I had to dig a well uh, because there was no city water there. And if you went out certainly into the country, uh, you were either going to find a well at the house or you were going to find a spring nearby. And that's been true of the history of man ever since man has been upon this earth. Uh, it's interesting to read stories of the earlier pioneers who were expanding this nation to the west. And a lot of the land was free land. It was land grants that were given to them. But before those settlers decided on a place where they were going to stop and they were going to build their house, they first checked to see if there was water there. That was one of the essential things that they were looking for. 
More important than the scenery that we look for today. Uh, more important uh, than uh, the ease of uh, building the house there. Water was essential. If you read your Bible from cover to cover, you're going to find the name of some 12 or 13 wells that are mentioned by name in the Bible. Why are wells so important? Well, water is what's really important. The human body can sustain life for about four days on the average without water. If you're very healthy and everything's going just right, you might survive for seven days without water. Water is essential to life today. Water is essential to life. And I suggest to you that as we read this passage, that he speaks of the fact that God's people had forsaken him, the source of living water. I suggest to you tonight that living water, God's word, is essential to the life of a child of God. And so we're talking about when we talk about empty wells, we're talking about those things that come into our lives that we draw from that really have very little or no value to us. They are as though we are drawing from empty wells, seeking out the pleasures and the comforts of this life today. Now he said, my people have committed two sins. Many of the translations render it sins. The English Standard Version that I was reading from said two evils. Uh, what were the sins? Well, the first, he said, was that my people have deserted me, the source of living water. If we look through the pages of the Bible, we see a great deal said about the living water. And we could uh, talk about many, many different passages, but a couple I want to call your attention to. John 4 and verse 14. But whosoever drinks the water that I will give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus was speaking about the living water. And he said that if you partake of it, and if you sustain yourself with it, that it will well up in your body, in your soul, as a source of eternal life. He was suggesting to us that spiritual water is essential for eternal life. Just like the water that we drink is essential to the physical life we live. And so we need to be concerned about the living water that's spoken of here. In John, Revelation 22, verse 17, the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let everyone who hears say, Come, and let the one who is athirst say, Come, and let him come and take of the water of life without cost. We're invited today to partake of the living water. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Word of God. We're talking about involving ourselves in the Word of God. We sung the song a minute ago, He leadeth me. I wonder many times if the songs that we sing do not 
cause our conscience to be uh, to be uh, uh, tested a little bit because I think oftentimes we say things that we don't really do. Do we really let Jesus lead us in our lives today? Well, the way He leads us in our lives today is through His Word. That's the only way that we're going to know what the what the, the source of this living water is. It's the only way that we're going to partake of the living water. It's the only way that we're going to know how to be led by Jesus in our lives as we walk day by day. And so it is so very essential. It is so very essential. Always has been. The children of God in times of old in Jeremiah's day had neglected the Word of God. They had had neglected the Word of God and therefore they had forsaken God who was the very source of that living water. Today, unfortunately, today, unfortunately, the church and the religious world is becoming on a starvation plan for the Word of God. We're starving for the living Word. The reason we're starving for the living Word is we don't spend time in the Word. We have dug for ourselves wells that are empty and we are spending our time drawing from them and doing so we are neglecting God's Word and we are forsaking God And we are destroying our very life, spiritually speaking. What was the second sin? Well, he talked about here in the translation that I read from, having dug cisterns that were broken that would hold no water. I don't know if very many of you, some of you older ones here, perhaps know what a cistern is. I doubt that many of our young people do. I remember that my grandparents had a cistern at their house. What was it? Well, it was a hole that had been dug in the ground. It had been plastered over with some type of mortar so that it was waterproof. And they had the gutter off of the house piped into that. And that's where they got their water. That's, that, they had, didn't have a whale, they had a cistern. Well, cisterns were popular in Bible times. And so what Jeremiah was talking about was the place which was the source of their water. And he said, your cisterns are empty. Now, he wasn't talking about cisterns in the literal sense. He was talking in the figurative sense about the cisterns that they were drawing from spiritually. What are some of the empty wells? What are some of the empty wells that we draw from today? Well, we could spend all uh, we could spend all night talking about those. But let me suggest just a few to you tonight. One of the big wells that's empty that has come into our lives in the last few years is that of the social media devices. Think just a minute with me how how wonderful it would be if every person in Savannah spent as much time in the Word of God as they spend on their cell phone. Now think about that. 
Think about how, how, how knowledgeable we would come, become of the Word of God if we spent as much time in the Word of God as we spent on our cell phone. You see, now I admit that a lot of that there's nothing wrong with. It's not the fact, it's not the fact that it's in and of itself a sin. But what's happening as is that it's taking away it's taking away our time from the source of the living water that's found in the Word of God. And we don't have time to read God's Word. Uh, think about the TV. TV's been around for a long time. But it's never been any more popular perhaps than it is today. Not only does every house have a TV in it, but every room in the house has a TV in it. And we spend countless hours in front of the TV. Are some of the things good? Absolutely. But the problem is that we're drawing from an empty well that does not sustain us spiritually. We're drawing from an empty well that does little or nothing to enhance our relationship with God and we are deserting God because we don't have time for Him. Think about entertainment today. Think about the billions of dollars that we spend on. You ever wonder why a baseball team could pay a pitcher a hundred million dollars for a five-year contract? You've probably thought about that and said it's ridiculous, haven't you? Any of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but any of you ever said that? It's ridiculous how much some of these ball players make today. You know why they're able to be paid like that? Because you and I spend time watching them, going to them, participating in it. Entertainment has become, become an obsession with us today in this country. But it's an empty well as far as our spirituality is concerned. And we go back time and time again and draw from it. And we never get, we never get the water of life that we're needing to sustain us spiritually. We could go on and talk about perhaps many others. What about the idea of being socially accepted today? You're wearing the clothes tonight that are in style. Why? You want to be socially accepted. Maybe that's not so bad. Uh, sometimes I think that it becomes the though an obsession with us. And so we spend money and we spend time trying to keep up with the neighbor, trying to kill. We used to use the phrase keep up with the Joneses. I'm always afraid I'll offend the Joneses when I say that. So we, uh, we, we do it to keep up with our neighbor. You know, these aren't sometimes, they aren't such big items in our minds, but when we put them all together, you see there's not any time for God. 
There's just not any time for God. There's not any time to sit down and read the Word of God. How much time... And you know, you're here tonight, and, uh, and, uh, and, and you and I, I, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but you know, we, we represent the group here that's probably most interested in, in the welfare of this congregation and this church here. But just talk about us for a minute. How much time do I spend in the Word of God? How much time do I spend reading my Bible? How much time did you spend this past week in prayer? Uh, how much time did you, did, did, you, did you spend thanking God for the blessings and asking God for the things that we have need of and praying for those uh, that were sick? Well, you know... It's one of those things that we want to do. And I just wish I had time to do. But the reason I don't have time is I'm spending so much time in empty wells. I'm spending so much time in empty wells. Wells that will not provide that spring of living water. Wells that will not provide that essential element for spiritual growth and spiritual survivability. I so often am digging wells, I'm digging wells that really benefit me in no way. You've all seen the picture of the man crawling across the desert and he sees an oasis up ahead. And he gets there and there's nothing but an empty well. Well, that's the way we're doing our lives many times today. We're crawling toward an oasis only to find the well to be dry. Only to find there's nothing there there's nothing there to sustain life for us. Jesus said, if you'll partake of the living water, it'll spring up as something that's alive and something that will be eternal. You know, I was speaking this morning before we had the Lord's Supper. And I made, I made this comment. I wonder, I wonder what it would be like to be on death row and know that in a day and a half I was going to be put to death. I wonder what my thoughts would be. I can't imagine. And then I asked the question, I wonder what Jesus' thoughts were when he was about to give his life for me. He was about to die on the cross for me. He wasn't a sinner. If I were on death row, I probably would have committed something like murder or something in that nature. I probably would deserve that. He didn't deserve that. I, I wonder what he thought about. And then I, I wonder, I didn't talk about this, but I wonder, I wonder what I'm going to think about when I know that my time here is not very long. 
you know, I'm not going to be worried very much about what TV program's coming on next. I'm not going to be worried about who texts me on my cell phone in the last few minutes. I'm not going to be worried about whether the Alabama won a football game or Tennessee won it. I'm not going to I'm not going to be worried about whether or not I've got the kind of clothes that my neighbors got. I'm just I'm going to be thinking about my relationship with God. Because that's the only thing that's going to matter then. That's the only thing that's going to matter. And if I've drawn from empty wells all of my life, if I've drawn from empty wells rather than drawing from the source of living water, it's going to be a scary time for me. It's going to be a scary time for me. But it's going to be too late. Today is the day of salvation, the Scripture says. We need to be very careful about the empty wells in our lives. We need to be very careful about the empty wells. We could talk about dozens of others. And I know that the thought that probably is going through your mind now, well, uh, Brother Rogers, you're, you know, if you, we do what you said, we can't do anything. You know, it comes down... It comes down really to this problem. It comes down to the excessive, the excessive use of these empty wells. It's not that it's wrong to watch TV. It's not that it's wrong to have a cell phone. It's not that it's wrong to go to a ball game. It's not that it's wrong to wear nice clothes. What's wrong is that we take them to the excess to the point that we don't have any time for God. We don't have any time for God. And when we do not know the Word of God... When we don't know the Word of God, maybe we don't even know that it's wrong to miss church tonight. When we don't know the Word of God, maybe we don't know that it's wrong to do a lot of things. We need to be, we must be students of the Word. We must partake of the living water that's able to well up in us to eternal life. These are the things we talked about this weekend. I hope they mean something to you. They meant a lot to those young people. I was pleasantly surprised at the way they received it. I hope you've received it in the same way tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe you're not a Christian. What a wonderful time it'd be to become one. Had three people 
put on Christ right here in this building this past week. One of them was 77 years old. Two of them were young people, three of them young people. Uh, It's a wonderful thing to be a child of God. If you need to do that tonight, we'd be delighted to help you. If you're in need in some other way that you need to come and ask the prayers of the church, we'd be happy to assist you. Would you not come as we stand and sing? down before your holy throne.